Hello, and welcome to a brand new, brand spanking new, we're doing a brand spanking new episode of Plain Sight Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. Today, we're talking about aliens, Marvel's aliens, Marvel's Eternals, so we're going to be talking ancient aliens, um, we're going to get into kind of the theory and the popularization of ancient aliens um i'm sure we're all familiar with the show on the history channel ancient aliens but we're gonna get into that a bit why it's significant in terms of marvel and their cinematic universe so i'll give a little review of the movie also tell you what i thought about it so let's uh let's just jump in i guess i don't have too much to say um I've been, I haven't recorded an episode in a while, so just trying to get back into the swing of it, basically, but I have my notes here, quite a few, so let's begin by talking about this guy, this guy, his name is Eric Von Daniken, and he is significant for a couple of reasons, uh, the main reason I mean, obviously, Ancient Aliens. He wrote this book in 1968. Now, 1968 is kind of an interesting year a little bit. The more I kind of go down the rabbit hole, those years, those two years in specific, to be specific, 1968 and 1969. Now, in 1968, I'll get into Eric Von Daniken's book in just a second, but I wanted to point out that in 1968, one of my favorite movies of all time was released, 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's a Stanley Kubrick joint. If you haven't seen it, you probably should. It's iconic. It's arguably one of the best films of all time, but it deals with... Uh, concepts like what we're about to talk about. So, ancient aliens, or this idea that an alien intelligence played a part in our evolution as a species, I guess, or played some role in history, you know, like like ancient astronauts, some people like to call them. Now, me personally, I... I'm into this sort of thing, but I don't have any firm belief on it either way. I mean, I don't think aliens built the pyramids or anything like that, but, you know, I'm not against the idea that, you know, I'm not against this idea, you know, that maybe, because if we're being visited now, which the military has all but confirmed, I mean, they have confirmed, basically, that we are being visited, so who's to say we weren't visited a long time ago and that you know this hasn't been going on for a long time so back to eric von daniken he wrote this book titled chariots of the gods and it went into detail about his own beliefs okay these are based on no one's beliefs but his fucking own okay but his own beliefs that extraterrestrials visited planet Earth in our past and had a hand in creating mysterious structures throughout the globe, such as the Great Pyramids of Egypt, the blocks at Stonehenge, um, the Moi, I think that's how you say it, the Moi or Moi, Moi, 
of Easter Island, you know, the big giant heads sticking out of the ground. Um, so basically he just <laughs> is saying anything that's old and big and made of rock and we don't know how it got there, aliens. That's kind of this guy's thing. That's his shtick, right? Um, so this book came out in 1968 and it has gone on to... I mean, it's had a pretty big influence on pop culture. I mean, just earlier, I mentioned Ancient Aliens on History Channel. Why is there a show called Ancient Aliens on History Channel? I mean, you know, it's not real history, right? So why even, why are there so many seasons of that show? But this idea is very popular, okay? This guy's book, Chariots of the Gods, went on to sell over 70 million copies, okay? And you can still go in bookstores today. I mean, you could go into Barnes & Noble right now and buy this book. I guarantee it. Um, I've, I've seen it recently. I've seen it on the shelf. So it's still out there being sold. Now, he's had, like I said, some influence on this book. has had influence on popular culture. I thought I'd mention Ridley Scott. He's the guy that directed Alien. I don't know what year that came out, but I think it was the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. But um, he made a film called Prometheus, which is a prequel to the movie Alien. And he spoke about Eric Von Daniken and behind-the-scenes things, saying that some of his ideas were used in... Um, the making of the film, we see these lines in the ground, these straight lines that, you know, resemble the Nazca lines, which are, you know, real life lines that, um, I won't get into right now, but just Google it, look into it. It's very interesting and Hey, there might be something to it. Um, but anyways, Another guy that um, talked about Eric Von Daniken was Carl Sagan. And Carl Sagan, I mean, he was like the real deal, right? He wasn't pseudo-science bullshit, you know? He wasn't out there saying that pyramids were created by aliens, all right? He was very... He was kind of like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the 70s and 60s, Um you know, he was on TV a lot talking about science and space and astrophysics and all this stuff. But he did talk about Eric Von Daniken. And he also talked about this idea of ancient aliens, which I find interesting. He wrote about it um, a few years before Daniken published his book, actually. Um, he devoted a whole chapter in it called Intelligent Life in the Universe. And he stated in it that scientists and historians actually should be open-minded and consider the possibility that extraterrestrial contact occurred at some point during our recorded history. However, he makes it a point and he stresses in the book, in this chapter, that these ideas are speculative and unproven at that time. At the time that that was written and at the time now, we still don't have any proof of that. So it's just pure speculation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with speculating about this sort of thing. Um, it's becoming less and less taboo now um, just because everyone's kind of... I mean, it seems like everyone nowadays believes in aliens. Um, 
Except for, you know, your Bible-thumping Christians who, you know, there's plenty down here in the South who don't buy into that sort of thing. But most people are kind of into it right now. So um, to talk about Carl Sagan a little bit more, he um, was also asked in an interview in 1974 specifically about... um, Eric Von Daniken and Carl Sagan said the kindest thing I can say about Von Daniken is that he ignores the science of archaeology. Every time he sees something he can't understand, he attributes it to extraterrestrial intelligence. And since he understands almost nothing, he sees evidence of extraterrestrial intelligence all over the planet. Which is what I was saying earlier. I mean, it just sounds like this guy, and I've read a little bit of his book, Chariots of the Gods. I haven't read all of it, but I've skimmed through it. And he does seem to, I mean, there's not, it's not a book that's really based in any, I mean, he doesn't point to anything concrete that's like, oh, yes, this is definitely, like, uh, like I wasn't convinced, you know, the, the ideas, pondering on this idea is far more fulfilling than, you know, anything he could supply, right? Um, Now, this is from Wikipedia. Scholars have responded that gaps in contemporary knowledge are not evidence of the existence of ancient astronauts, and the advocates have not provided any convincing documentary or physical evidence of an artifact that might conceivably be product of ETI contact. Um... And this was one more quote I got by Carl Sagan. He said, quote, In the long litany of ancient astronaut pop archaeology, the cases of apparent interest have perfectly reasonable alternative explanations or have been misreported or simple prevarications, hoaxes, and distortions. So there you have it. Carl Sagan was open to the idea but did not seem to like Eric Von Daniken, and he didn't seem to like how it was being kind of popularized by the mainstream and i'm sure marvel was on his mind at the time which we're going to get into marvel here in a little bit i'm just talking about all these things because it ties into marvel it ties into this movie the eternals that we're going to talk about it all ties in so this is an important detail about von daniken and then we're going to stop talking about him we're going to move on but in November of 1968, so this is the same year he published his book, okay, but in November, he was arrested for fraud after falsifying hotel records and credit references in order to take out loans for $130,000 over a period of 12 years, and then two years later was convicted for repeated and sustained embezzlement, fraud, and forgery, with the court ruling that the writer had been living a, quote, playboy lifestyle. Despite this, Chariots of the Gods has gone on to sell over 70 million copies, like I said. So, that little detail, honestly, I find the most interesting out of all of this. Because this idea that that extraterrestrials played a role in our existence long a long time ago. That's not the idea that's crazy. What's crazy is that this guy who was crazy, who was a fraudster, he was scamming people, he was proven in the court of law to be 
a criminal and not a good person, a liar, a thief, a criminal, you know, stealing money and all sorts of things. This is the guy, and this book is what really catapulted this idea into the mainstream, okay? So it's not so much the idea that's crazy, but it's the way that it's been, um, you know, it's the way History Channel, you know, just the fact that History Channel has a show called Ancient Aliens. I mean, that's, there's a little bit of an issue there, okay, because... <laughs> where there are people blending and mixing real history with this kind of pseudo history that you know these missing gaps these things that we can't com- explain by conventional means you know you just instantly plant that under the alien blanket and it's messy. The whole alien rabbit hole is messy because of the implications that it would have for society and people's beliefs and everything. But that's a that's a subject for another time. We're just trying to I'm just trying to stick to the specifics here. Now we're now I should warn you that the <laughs> that that's about as factual that's the factual stuff like in terms of this ancient alien stuff we're now going to get into this is a little more pseudo okay this is a little more um out there a little more history channel ancient aliens type stuff but if you go down this rabbit hole it is one that you will come across and it's I think it's worth talking about because I mean hell a lot of it ties into like I said, Marvel's Eternals. So we're going to talk about the Anunnaki, all right? And if you've never heard of the Anunnaki, well, we're, we're going to get into it, okay? The Anunnaki were really popularized by this guy named Ze- Zechariah Sitchin. And he attributed the origins of ancient Sumerian culture. Okay, now the ancient Sumerians, they were located in south-central Iraq. Um, And historians suggest that Sumer was permanently settled between 5500 and 4000 B.C. So that was a long time ago, right? This is the cradle of civilization. And this is where a lot of firsts happened for humanity and society really and we're going to get into that but let me slow down a little bit um Zacharias Stitchin he attributed the Sumerian culture with this group called the Anunnaki and he believed that these Anunnaki they came from the heavens they crossed their DNA with that of the Homo erectus species in order to create Homo sapiens and to create mankind for the purpose of us basically being a slave race. Because the idea is that they came here to mine the planet for its resources. And now I know this is like, this is sci fi shit. All right, we're starting to get into some weird <laughs> sci fi territory so if you don't like that sort of thing if you can't take it seriously then 
I don't know what to tell you. Get the fuck out. All right. We're <laughs> here to talk about goddamn ancient aliens. All right. So, like I said, they a lot of firsts came from ancient Sumer. Okay. They were responsible for the creation of the plow. They created the wheel and the chariot. They created hydraulic engineering. Uh, we get arithmetic, geometry, and algebra from the ancient Sumerians. So, a lot of verse from them, okay? And that's, that's a big um, reason people tie this alien thing into it. Um, well, hold on a second. Let me slow down. Get ahead of myself a little bit, right? <laughs> so the word Anunnaki, it's been mistranslated quite a bit as those who Anu sent from heaven to earth, which is quite a literal... I mean, that's basically saying that, yeah, these guys came from heaven and they're fucking gods from space basically but that's not what it translates into okay the word Anunnaki actually means princely blood or seed of Anu and Anu was the sky god basically on and mother earth was named Ki K-I um, now these deities um I, they were more like demigods, but they were thought to possess extraordinary powers and were often envisioned as being massive in size. So Zechariah Sitchin, he attributed them to the giants that were mentioned in the Bible. So the Nephilim, if you're familiar with the Nephilim, they're these fallen angel type creatures they're these creatures in the bible i don't know they're giants fuck i don't know. do i sound like i read the fucking bible <laughs> i don't i don't know um but i know that there are giants in it right and he attributes the anunnaki with the nephilim in the bible like i said this shit is nuts people okay it's fucking nuts now they were described as wearing and this is oddly specific. I don't even know where the fuck I got this piece of information. But I'll just mention it because I wrote it down for a specific reason, and I'll mention it. But they were described as wearing what's called malam, which is an ambiguous substance which, quote, covered them in terrifying splendor. Malam was also described as being worn by heroes, kings, giants, and even demons. And the Anunnaki are almost always depicted wearing horned caps like that of a priest, and sometimes depicted wearing clothes with elaborate decorative gold and silver ornaments sewn into them. Now, the reason that statement is interesting to me, um, and again, take all this shit with a big grain of salt, all right? I'm fucking nuts. I don't know what I'm talking about, all right? But the Vatican, the Pope, um, they are... They wear horned caps. 
They wear gold and silver clothing sewn into them. They're encased in these giant golden castles and buildings surrounded by gold and silver. I mean, Vatican City is... I don't know. I'm not saying that shape-shifting, reptilian, Anunnaki, ancient aliens are running the Vatican, okay? I'm not saying that, but that was the first thing that came to my mind when I read that. I don't even know where the fuck it came from, so who cares? Fuck me, right? Um, So no complete list of names of all the Anunnaki has survived. Apparently there was a Sumerian poem called Enki and the World Order. World Order, which plays into conspiracy shit. If you've heard of the New World Order, same thing, I guess. But in which the Anunnaki take up their dwellings among the people of Sumer. And the same composition twice says that they decree the fates of mankind. So they're running the show, basically, is this idea. So now this is some kind of factual context here. This is during an excavation of the biblical city of Nineveh. This happened in 1845. A team of archaeologists led by Austin Henry Layard discovered the ruins of the ancient Assyrian library of Ashurbanipal. Ashurbanipal. Uh, One of the most important discoveries that they made during the excavation were a series of these cuneiform tablets called the Enuma Elise, or better known as the Seven Tablets of Creation. And the Seven Tablets of Creation, I don't know how legit these things are. They claim that they're legit. They claim to have translated them. I don't I don't know, man. I'm I don't know. I'm just a guy with a computer, alright? <laughs> um The tablets of creation tell the story about a group of gods called the Anunnaki who came from the heaven to create the human race. The history tells that Sumerians in ancient Mesopotamia achieved over 100 firsts for human civilization, which they did. They did, like I said earlier, agriculture, science, math, medicine, astronomy, transportation, City planning, all sorts of things originated in Sumer in ancient Mesopotamia. Um, And they also came up with the method of keeping time. So that's where time comes from, ancient Sumer. Um, People still use it to this day. The Sumerians credited these achievements to the Anunnaki, giant winged gods. Um, And they're only found in these ancient cuneiform texts. Now, I do, I mean, I've looked into these cuneiform tablets before. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know, man. Could they be real? Could this all be real? I don't fucking know. I know that there are some giant winged, cap-horned statues in Iraq. And um, a lot of them were defaced in Iraq. Or maybe it was Afghanistan. I don't know. But from that area, there are statues, big, massive, monolithic-type statues of winged gods. And I can't help but wonder if, you know, there's something to it, right? So, uh, just to talk a little bit more about 
the Anunnaki, um, Zechariah Stitchin, he said that they came from this distant planet called Nibiru. And Nibiru is like planet X, and it's this idea that there is this massive planet that is actually outside of Earth's visible orbit, but it comes around every few thousand years or whatever. I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much. I mean, I have, but I forgot. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But more recently, there's been more and more articles basically legitimate legitimizing this idea that there is another big ass planet out there that we ha that we haven't even been completely aware of. And this is the planet that Zechariah Sitchin was talking about. This is the one he said that they came from and crossbred with humans. Now, he claims, and like I said, this is pretty out there, this is pretty sci-fi-ish, but he claims that these gods of the Anunnaki were the rank-and-file workers of the colonial expedition to Earth. Um, so they genetically engineered Homo sapiens um, with those... Oh, no, they genetically engineered Homo sapiens by crossing extraterrestrial genes with those of the Homo erectus. Researchers also affirm that the tablets referred to Anunnaki history on Mars, the modern-day translation of the Sumerian and Babylonian origin myths. A cataclysmic event did take place on the Red Planet. According to the ancient Mesoamerican myths, a feathered serpent allegedly destroyed Mars. Another theory suggests that a comet or an asteroid crashed into Mars and it turned into an isolated and uninhabitable place. So Mars is mentioned there, and this episode isn't about Mars, okay? So I'm not going to focus too much on Mars or get into Mars, but I will say that the more... I mean, look, the more you go down the rabbit hole, the more you're going to believe crazy shit all the time. So I don't want it to make it sound like... Um, <laughs> I probably sound... I already probably sound nutty talking about this sort of crap, but... Um, the more I've read, though, I have, you know, this idea that uh, there might have one time been an ancient civilization on Mars. I mean, I don't think that's too far out there to wonder, um, to think about. I, 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 that's something I actually do kind of buy into, and I do think there's something to that. But that's for another time. Um, <laughs> I have some notes from David Icke, but I don't even really want to get into those because David Icke is, um, he's okay. He's okay. I don't want to talk too much about him, but yeah. Anyways, there's your kind of pretext. That's what I wanted to give before talking about Eternals because the movie Eternals it deals with a lot of these things, a lot of these concepts. And I'm about to really get into why, but it's important. I think it's important because Marvel is one of the biggest names in media entertainment right now. I mean, Marvel is huge. Everyone, everyone knows about Marvel, 
okay? I mean, even if you don't watch Marvel, you know about Marvel. You know, my parents know, my grandparents have fucking known about Marvel, you know? Everyone knows about Spider-Man and Iron Man and fucking the Hulk and all that shit. So, this is important stuff. I do think it's important. Yes, it's science fiction. Yes, it's fantasy. Yes, it's make-believe, but I do buy into this idea that um, especially in things that are really popular, things, big things that come out of Hollywood, um, or the music industry, or, or big corporate entertainment industry. I mean, there is definitely, things like this are in there. I mean, they're in these things all the time. They're in movies a lot. I mean, Marvel, and Marvel, I probably will i probably will end up doing several episodes on marvel because marvel has a long history in terms of conspiracy theories and connections to the cia and um israel and all these crazy things there's a lot to talk about there a lot to unpack so it is important you know this isn't just a movie this isn't just I mean, most people go to the movie and they, I mean, it's just a movie, right? And, and and I do that too. I mean, I watch movies and a lot of the times movies are just movies and, you know, I'm just watching it for the entertainment or I'm watching it for the kind of art form of it. But a lot of the time I will watch things and I guess it's just because I live down the rabbit hole. I don't know what it is, but... A lot of the time, I will notice things. I will notice blatant things that I have looked into. Things that typically most people probably wouldn't be catching on because people don't waste their time looking into this sort of crap, you know? Because people are trying to just get through the fucking day without, you know, going losing their minds. Um, and this sort of thing will make you lose your mind, all right? It'll make you go crazy. So... Let's hop into it. Eternals. Um, should I talk about the film or should I? Well, I'll start with this, okay? Eternals. Let's give a little background to Eternals as a property, okay? Eternals, Eternals was created by Marvel comic book artist Jack Kirby. Now, he left Marvel in 1970 to go work at DC Comics. And it was at DC Comics that he started developing this new comic series that would become The Eternals. But at the time, he was at DC, and he titled it New Gods, okay? And I find that title interesting, New Gods, because that's what a lot of this alien shit boils down to. And if you were to ever um, hypostulate, like, or at least for me, I do wonder with this alien shit, if there's, like, a bigger agenda at play. Um, but it's, like, President Obama, he actually just recently, well, I don't know how, I think it was pretty recently, within the past year or two, Obama came out and talked about how if aliens showed up, there would basically be a new religion, that it would start a new religion, and I think that that's what a lot of this has to do. It, it, a lot of this plays into spirituality is what I'm trying to say, I guess. 
Now, New Gods is what he titled it while he was working at DC. However, for some reason, I don't know the deets, but the series got canceled while he was at DC. And he ended up going back to Marvel. And he finally got the first issue published in 1976 and it was called the Eternals at that point so Marvel had originally changed the title to Return of the Gods with a cover that had very stylistic similarities to Danikin's Chariots of the Gods book however to avoid legal disputes they changed the name to the Eternals so right there you have a direct connection to Eric Von Danikin's book Um, the title Instead of Chariots of the Gods, Marvel had named their comic Return of the Gods. So they had to change it to Eternals. And they had to change the cover also because it looked a lot like Eric Von Daniken's. Okay, so they were greatly inspired by the work of Eric Von Daniken and the popularity of that book. No doubt. Okay, that's not even up for debate. So... The film is about, basically, the Eternals, right? And they're this ancient, immortal, alien race who are sent by this big god guy, right? His name is the Celestial. Or, that's not his name, but he's called a Celestial. But he sends the Eternals to planet Earth to exterminate and protect humans from this evasive race of monsters called the deviants okay so the movie it goes back and forth between past and present here on earth showing us all the different things that the eternals participated in in history and our evolution and how we kind of came to be right so this is this ancient alien shit this is the idea the whole movie is about the idea that aliens have been on earth And they've been watching and kind of course, well, in the movie, they don't course correct, okay? They don't course correct. They don't interfere at all with humanity in the movie. And that's a big point of contention in the film for a lot of what goes on. But, um, yeah, so that's the basic storyline. I guess I'll just give a little review. I mean, I don't want to be too long-winded with a review because, I mean, the movie's been out a while. And, um, I mean, I'm a pretty big film buff. I like talking about movies. So, um, I liked Eternals. I liked it. So, I've seen a lot of the Marvel movies. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen... A lot of them, and I don't think um, Eternals is, like, (laughs) it's definitely not their best, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Initially, a lot of the reviews for it were, like, pretty poor, and I was like, I don't know, but I I liked it. And, you know, I'm a sucker for this sort of shit. You know, you put aliens and spaceships and, you know, a bunch of sci-fi, high-concept, like, stuff, like... I don't know, I just like that sort of thing, and, um, I thought, I thought the movie was good, I liked it, um, the cinematography is really beautiful, it's definitely the best looking Marvel film, if you like 
cinematography, the director, Chloe Zhao, she's a big fan of Terrence Malick. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. It's like Marvel trying to... It's funny seeing Marvel try to be more artsy and more cinematic, which is what Eternals is kind of attempts. It kind of feels like it, it's Marvel trying to, in this new phase of films, be more cerebral more kind of and more filmy i guess i i don't know how to explain it but i liked it i give it like three stars out of five i thought it was pretty good so there's my (laughs) there's my fucking review um so now this is where things get complicated because there's a lot to talk about and I want to I have to make sure I do it right so let me just mention a couple of scenes okay I just have a couple of scenes that I wanted to mention because they are direct references to what we just talked about you know the Anunnaki and ancient Mesopotamia I mean the film starts in ancient Mesopotamia it literally says on the screen ancient Mesopotamia five minutes into the movie and the eternal show up okay and the eternal show up in this giant v-shaped spaceship craft and it's very very similar to the craft that was witnessed I, I I did a podcast episode about UFOs and UFO sightings but the Phoenix Lights there was a giant V-shaped craft in the sky that was silent. Um, and a lot of people saw it. Thousands of people saw it. And that was the first thought that came to my mind when I saw this spacecraft in Eternals. It looks just like that one described in Phoenix Lights. So I find that interesting. You know, they show up. They, um, and the race at the time, the humans at the time when they show up are more primitive. So... This idea that they played a role in our evolution. Um, now, the second scene I wanted to mention, about 20 minutes in, and then we're, we are taking ahead a little bit to ancient Babylon, okay? And the character Fastos, who is played by Brian Tyree Henry, who, by the way, Brian Tyree Henry, he plays a conspiracy theorist in fucking everything that he is in, Okay. I'm pretty sure he was in Kong vs. Godzilla playing a conspiracy theorist. And I've seen him in other shit playing conspiracy guy. You know, he's always a hero, right? That's how it is, you know, in the movies. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you're right. But in reality, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're fucking nuts. And he he's always playing that kind of role. But in this, he's, he's like this techie guy. And he's really good with this high-tech sort of technology. And he's developing all this technology that he wants to give to the kind of more primitive people, right? This is ancient Babylon, 575 BC. Um, and he's seen, the scene shows him kind of developing a steam engine, right? So this idea that the Eternals gave humans a steam engine, but he's working on it. And then, you know, all the other Eternals are like, you're going to freak these people the fuck out. Like, <laughs> they only just got the wheel, you know, and you're trying to give them a steam engine. They're not going to they're not gonna understand. It's not going to compute. So he makes a joke, and he ends up making a plow, like a very simple plow to give to them, which is another reference to real history, okay, because 
in ancient Mesopotamia, ancient Sumer, that civilization, they created the plow. They created the wheel. They created all these early forms of agriculture. I mean, that's all from them, okay? So that's what that joke is about. Now, that's... Okay, this is, this is where it gets even more weird and complicated because we're going to get into uh, this heady concept. But let me read this from Wired.com. Um, it's interesting, okay? It plays into what I said earlier. Quote, just in time, this is from Wired.com, by the way. Just in time, the History Channel show Ancient Aliens Come came to Zhao's rescue, okay? Chloe Zhao, she um, is the director of Eternal. She was like an indie filmmaker as well. So this is from talking about her and her pitch, basically. So part of her idea for Eternals hinged on a saga of extraterrestrial contact on Earth, just like ancient aliens. That's when Kevin Feige, architect of the vast, intertwined Marvel Cinematic Universe, piped up. I was just watching that the other day. Spurred on, Zhao hit her groove. She spilled her vision, incorporating not just ancient aliens, but also manga, sapiens, Yuval Noah Hari's book, and visual similarities between Final Fantasy and the films of warrior poet Terrence Malick. So there's quite a bit to unpack there. First of all, what is Kevin Feige? Okay, I mean, Kevin Feige is head of Marvel. Well, him and a couple of other people, but I'm not even going to get into them right now. Okay, that's for another time. But Kevin Feige, he's a big deal, right? And he's watching... What's, what is Kevin Feige doing watching the Ancient Aliens? Okay? I mean, doesn't he have a fucking massive multi-billion dollar fucking cinematic universe that he's trying to I mean when does he have time to watch ancient aliens okay <laughs> I don't know there's something odd about that statement and um then in terms of just the film like I find it interesting that she was kind of like saying this is like ancient aliens but it's got uh, the manga it's got manga elements and final fantasy and it's like if terrence malick made a marvel movie and <laughs> like it's in the movie is kind of like that i mean it does kind of feel i mean it's a little bit of a mess a little bit but i i thought it worked more than it didn't it would have been and a lot of people said this and i agree it would have been way better um as like a disney plus show like a series or something. So, okay. Now we're about to get into the complicated stuff. And please forgive me if this flies off the rails. I've tried recording this episode like so many times. And it f <laughs> I've failed many times. So I'm just like really pushing through this one. Um, and this is usually where it falls off the rail so if it does i'm sorry thank you for listening i hope you've enjoyed but this last piece of information we're going to talk about plays into religion and kind of ancient beliefs so gnosticism eternals is very much a gnostic film and there are a lot of different 
Gnostic films. Let me pull up a list of Gnostic films really quick so that I could just give you like an example if I can. Um, yeah, okay. I've got a list of Gnostic films here and I'll talk about them in just a second. But first I kind of have to explain what Gnosticism is. And then I have to explain how it relates to the Eternals and how it fits in there. Now, this is, I mean, to, to, to break down Gnosticism as a whole, I mean, that would take a whole fucking episode. And it's an episode I plan on doing in the future, but right now this is just kind of tying it into Eternals. So what you need to know about Gnosticism the main idea is that the god that um, most people worship, the god of Earth, is actually a evil dictating asshole. Okay, he created the material realm as an illusion and as a kind of a planet, and the material plane is more of a trap. So, as human beings, it's our destiny, I guess, or our purpose to spiritually evolve and escape the trap, right? So the real God, the real, real God is actually this unknowable, all-powerful, all-spiritual force that didn't create Earth, that didn't create the material realm. The material realm came from a creator that emanated from the source. Now, this is, like I said, this is complicated. This is complicated stuff, and I don't expect anyone to listen to this and even understand what the fuck I'm saying. So I'm just going to try my best here. Um, so what this, what this implies for, say, Genesis, okay, like in the Bible, so Genesis isn't, it's not the story of, like, a miraculous creation but it's the story of a prison and if you read the bible if you read the bible through this lens i will say it actually makes a little bit of sense i mean look i've looked into a lot of religions i've looked into a lot of different belief systems because this is something i'm passionate about i'm passionate about you know the 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 big questions right who are we where do we come from what is the purpose of life what are what are we what are we evolving towards all these big heady questions right so most people turn to religion for that sort of thing and i think in terms of religion like buddhism conventional religion buddhism comes the closest to getting it right but i don't even think buddhism is really in the ballpark especially in terms of something like this because Gnosticism is not I don't think it's meant to be a direct um, literal thing it's kind of like the Bible right I mean it's not literal it's a way of interpreting reality as it is okay so this idea that the earth is actually an illusion I mean, we see this sort of concept play all the time. And let me just mention some other films so that I can give you... Maybe it'll p 
paint a better picture for you if I mention some of these films, okay? The Matrix, The Truman Show, Get Out, um, Blade Runner, Coraline, um, what these films have in common is this idea that there is a creator creating a material realm, creating an environment, and then imprisoning a person, and this person having to kind of escape. I mean, the Truman Show. He's in a show, and he doesn't even know it. He, he, he's in this, he's a prisoner of his own, of this person's creation, right? The Matrix. Neo is a prisoner of the Matrix. Um, get out, you know. Uh, the black guy in that, he's the prisoner of the white people's creation. He's, I mean, all these films with Gnostic themes. Blade Runner. Blade Runner is about androids that are created by man. And, you know, the whole thing with Blade Runner is these androids kind of um, debating with themselves whether or not they're human, you know, they, they feel like prisoners, like their soul is in prison, basically, and that's where Gnosticism, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's kind of the idea of Gnosticism, that our souls are imprisoned by the material realm, the material realm is an illusion, and that illusion must be, uh, conquered, I guess, is a word for it. Now, a person who learns these things, right, isn't supposed to blindly obey the God that created Earth. Because in Gnosticism, the God that created Earth is called the Demiurge, okay? And the Demiurge is fucking evil, okay? He's an asshole. He did not create the Earth out of good intentions, okay? He created the earth as a form of enslavement, as a form to enslave human beings. And he did this with what are called the archons, okay? And they're another evil race of creatures, basically, that came from the Demiurge. And this kind of has to do with the rebel, the rebellious archetype, the rebel archetype. You're not supposed to blindly obey the Demiurge. You're not supposed to blindly obey the God of the material realm. You're supposed to defy him because it's through a series of what Gnostics call emanations. Okay, and these emanations are... Okay, hold on. See, see, this is what happens. I start reading and then I get lost and I don't know where the fuck I am or what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, like I said, a person who learns this truth isn't supposed to blindly obey the Demiurge. They're supposed to defy him. And when I say defy, I mean defy as in not obeying or conforming to the rules that the material world creates, right? And I think organized religion plays into that. I mean, Christians... I'm sorry, man. I This is just how I feel, okay? This is just how I feel, so I don't... Look, I think everyone is entitled 
to their own to believe whatever they want to believe and you can have whatever god you want believe whatever you want but organized religion that's just not it i mean it's just it, it feels further from the truth than you could possibly be to me like when i'm in a church like i've been to church before I've been around Christians, I've been around all that, and it feels further away from spirituality and the real meaning of things. It feels further away from any of that than anything, okay? It doesn't feel close to anything real to me, okay? And that, and that's just me. Now, yes, let's get into the specifics of this Gnostic creation a little bit. So Gnostics call emanations okay there are these things called emanations and these emanations come from the god source okay there's the god source we'll just call it god source this isn't the demiurge okay this isn't who created the material realm this is the source of it all okay and these emanations came from the source and one of these emanations from the source was called sophia Okay, and now in Gnosticism, Sophia represents wisdom. And all these other emanations, they represent other pieces of the psyche, basically. So you have wisdom, fear, uh, sadness, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what the other ones are, but this one in particular was wisdom. Okay, which plays into the apple from the tree. It gave Lucifer, Satan, whatever, gave Adam and Eve the awareness the um the wisdom to the fact that they were naked right so it plays into the bible a little bit too but wisdom gave birth to what's called the demiurge okay the demiurge came from sophia and the demiurge is who ended up like i said creating the world and humanity with another evil group of being called the Archons. And in the movie The Eternals, the Deviants are much like the Archons, okay? And the Deviants, Archons, Demiurge, all tied in together, okay? Now, in the film, this is where it gets very Gnostic-y in the film, because in the film... I said earlier that the Eternals, they report to this big guy, okay, and he's a celestial. That's what they call him in the film, a celestial, and his name is Erishim, okay? The massive celestial is called Erishim. So Erishim basically represents the god of Gnosticism and the Demiurge together, okay, because he created... You find out in the film that he created the Eternals. And not only did he create the Eternals, but he also created the Deviants. So he created everything. He created the evil that he created the Eternals to fight. Okay. Now, this is pretty like, and this is how it plays out in the film pretty much. I mean, it's. It's pretty, like, I have to commend Marvel for trying to do something like this. I mean, and honestly, I like, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people, the whole message of this movie went over people's heads, honestly, because this movie basically says, fuck God, fuck your God, your God's an asshole, and 
the only thing that's going to change anything is really hu humanity. I mean, the answer is humanity itself, basically, is what this film is saying. Now, the Eternals were created by the Celestial, and the Celestial created the Deviants. So this is very Gnostic, okay? Both the Eternals... The Eternals could also tie us into the Archons, okay? Because... They're associated with the Anunnaki and the Nephilim giants that are referenced in Genesis. Um, you know, they mated with the women and other negative, positive things. Um, so in the film, the Eternals find out that Erisham, their creator, lied to them about their true nature and purpose, right? Because initially, initially he sends them to Earth to protect humans from the deviants. Well, they find out that he created the deviants. He created the deviants and he created the Eternals, and it was all a big fucking lie the whole time. It was all a lie to basically protect the Earth so that he could destroy it, so that it could be destroyed at the right time on a mass scale to harvest life and create a new celestial that comes out of the earth. And this is all very symbolic because the celestial inside of the planet, okay, so there's two big celestials in this. There's Erisham and then there's the celestial that's inside of planet earth that's going to come out, okay, when the world ends. And this is an apocalypse movie. That's another thing I probably should have said a lot earlier. I mean, this is a movie about the end of the fucking world. Okay, it is about the apocalypse. It is about aliens and the end of the world. So, yeah. Anyways, they find out that Ersham lied about all this. And, oh yes, this is all symbolic because Tiamat. Tiamat is a play on the word Tiamat. Okay, and Tiamat is the celestial inside the earth. Okay, and Tiamat was a Babylonian goddess, okay, and she was the personification of the primordial darkness of the sea. So, what does that mean? Um, I mean, just look at America right now. I mean, we are going through our own Tiamat ritual in a way. I mean, we are going through... I mean, the primordial darkness of the sea is that darkness that covers a society. At least this is how I interpret it. It's the darkness in all of us. The primordial darkness in all of us. The things that we hate about ourselves, the things we hate about society, the things we hate about each other, the things we hate about the hate that we hold. That hate gets suppressed. And I'm not... Um, saying or condoning that we should be hateful in any way shape or form no that's not what i'm saying at all that's not what this is about this is about um the darkness being laying beneath the surface you know beneath the subconscious and then in the film it comes out of the earth and in a way that's kind of what happens in real life i mean we see it I mean, it's just the evil on earth, right? It's a way of explaining the evil on earth. It's this darkness that lays just beneath the surface, right? And it, it's kind of, um, 
it kind of ties into the whole world being an illusion. I don't know if anybody buys into the electric universe theory or the simulation theory, the idea that we're living in a big simulation, but a lot of these ideas kind of tie into that to me because... Um, Fuck, I don't know. I've, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say. But in the book of Genesis, right after God creates the heaven and the earth, the book goes into more detail about what earth means. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the force of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So you could interpret the deep as Tiamat. Okay. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stop here. <laughs> That's about all I can do, man. That's about all I can handle because I have, a, I'm, I mean, I have a couple more notes here written, but really, I mean, I think that's what I'll end on. I'll end on this idea that. You know, the film being about, I mean, what, what what's the takeaway from Eternals? The takeaway is that the film is about these ancient aliens who discover that their creator was a liar and a phony. And that their purpose, the, pur the reason that they thought they were put on Earth is not actually real. Oh, yeah, and that, that's what the whole simulation thing. I mean, if it's all... I mean, reality is perception. Reality is whatever you perceive it to be. And until your belief in that reality is faltered, I mean, that's what you will believe, and that's how you will live your life. So, uh, yeah, kind of deep for a Marvel movie. Not exactly um, just a bunch of loud explosions. and I mean, there is that in there, but that's not what it's all about. So I, I hope this didn't fall off the rails too hard, and I kind of thought it would, but um, yeah, I, I hope that made sense and you got something from that. I do plan on talking about more movies in the future, so definitely be on the lookout for that sort of thing. Um, lots to talk about, lots I still want to continue to talk about, so just be checking in. I have an Instagram, Plain Sight Podcast. You can go check out over there. I'm going to try to keep posting pictures and um, updates on episodes, that sort of thing. So, yeah, stay tuned for more, and thanks for listening.